Hi, this is Adam Bergman. On today's Adam Talks, I'm going to be talking about MLPs, private equity funds, investment funds, hedge funds, and your IRA. What you need to know and some hidden tax issues that you probably are not aware of, but could actually make the difference between making the IRA investment financially attractive or not. I actually got the idea for this podcast because I was actually talking to a client about some of the differences between exchange traded funds, ETFs, closed end funds, and kind of the taxation involved and got the idea about really talking to all of you about unrelated business taxable income because it's something that could actually potentially pop up, not necessarily on ETFs, which are exchange traded funds, other than mutual funds, probably the most popular way to buy traditional equities. ETFs basically mirror, they could mirror certain industries like the S&P 500 or biotech. And instead of buying all 500 stocks in the S&P 500, you can buy this ETF and basically own the S&P 500 by just owning one fund. Closed end funds are a little bit different. It's basically uh, more actively managed. It could be a closed end funds of loans, portfolios or even uh, certain stocks or industries, but it's more actively managed. There's higher fees than ETFs. So I had a question from a client is a closed end fund. Does that trigger UBIT? So before I answer that, let me talk about what UBIT is. UBIT or unrelated business income tax is a tax that applies to charities like the Red Cross, but also retirement accounts like the, an IRA or a pension plan or 401k. So how is UBIT trans? How, how do you get tr- trouble with UBIT? How's it triggered? First of all, it's a 37% tax. Okay, it follows a trust tax rate, so it's pretty steep. 99% of Americans never heard of it. I'd say about 95% of Americans don't have to worry about it. There's about 4% that probably do have to worry about it, but don't know about it. I'm gonna talk about that 4%. So how do you trigger UBIT with your retirement account? Number one, if you buy margin to buy stock, which not many people do in an IRA. Why? Because generally, with a margin account, they want a personal guarantee. And the Internal Revenue Code section 4975 does not allow you to personally guarantee an obligation of your IRA. So that usually doesn't fly. The second is buying real estate. So if you want to buy real estate with an IRA and don't have enough money, and you use a loan, the loan has to be a non-recourse loan because a regular mortgage, which is a recourse loan, would trigger the prohibited transaction rules under 4975. So it has to be a non-recourse loan, which is a loan you do not personally guarantee. So once you're able to find a lender that's gonna give you a non-recourse loan, now you have to worry about UBIT because under the IRA tax rules, if your IRA borrows money and then uses it to buy real estate, the tax can be applied to any of the profits or gains attributable to the loan. So for example, if you put 50 grand in your IRA and borrowed 50 grand and bought a house for 100 grand and now rent it out and generate $10,000 of net income, generally, if there was no leverage, there'd be no tax on an IRA. That's the beauty of using an IRA to make investments is you defer the income and the tax. So that's the great thing about using a retirement account. But if you use leverage, this UBIT tax applies and it can tax 37% a portion of the income. So if the example is 50,000 IRA, 50,000 leverage, 50-50 debt equity, 50% of the gains could be subject to this 37% tax. So it's pretty significant. There is an exception for 401k plans. 
Instead of an IRA, if you used a 401k or a solo 401k to buy real estate with debt, you can circumvent this UBTI tax under 514C9 of the Internal Revenue Code. So it's a little bit of a uh, kind of a, a special uh, gift for 401k investors. I guess the 401k world obviously lobbied better than the IRA world uh, in terms of getting that provision into the tax code. So Internal Revenue Code Section 512, 513, and 514 really talk about UBIT or UBTI, unrelated business income tax. 514 deals with this UDFI, unrelated debt finance income that applies to non-recourse loan in real estate and an IRA. So again, recap, margin of buy stock, non-recourse loan for real estate and an IRA. And then the third is you invest in an active trader business, like a restaurant, using your IRA and 401k. And the business is a pass-through entity like an LLC or partnership, not a C corporation. So you're probably thinking to yourself, wait, I own Apple or Google or AT&T in my IRA. Why is this the first time I'm hearing about UBIT? Well, calm down. The good news is C-Corp, 99% of all public companies are C-Corps. C-Corp, think about a big box. It blocks the application of the UBIT. The corporation pays 21% and then dividend to the IRA is tax-free. So if you buy public stocks, ETFs, even closed-end funds, which are generally C-corporations, you do not have to worry about UBIT. So if you just buy stocks or mutual funds or closed-end funds, ETFs, with your IRA or 401k, you can turn me off right now. Don't do it, but you can, because UBTI won't apply in your investments. But if you want to do alternative assets, if you're looking to invest maybe in master limited partnerships, hedge funds, private equity, private businesses, your friend's business, venture capital funds, even crowdfunding. Listen up, stay with me for the next few minutes. I may teach you a few things that could hopefully save you some money. So let's take the example, you wanna use your IRA to invest in a private equity fund or hedge fund, venture capital fund, investment fund, which is basically a fund. So it's generally marketed to accredited investors or investors that have certain financial means. And the fund managers generally get carte blanche to decide what they're going to invest in. If it's private equity, it's businesses, if it's venture capital, maybe it's startups, private equity, uh, or hedge funds, excuse me, and it's probably more investing strategies, you know, more sophisticated stuff, whether it's derivatives, options, foreign exchange, whatever it is, uh, or just plain stock picking, it's generally more sophisticated. So. When you're doing those investments, the retirement account, yes, you can do them, assuming there's no disqualified people in that fund. So assuming you're not, you, a parent, child, spouse, daughter-in-law, son-in-law, a disqualified person, lineal descendant, are not really the, the focal point of the fund, the, the controlling manager, and your IRA is not gonna own a good chunk of this closely held fund, your IRA 401k could probably do it. Give us a call, we can kind of go through the details to make sure you're not gonna trigger the prohibited transaction rules. But let's talk about UBIT now. Let's say you want to invest in a private equity fund. We know private equity funds are LLCs. So right away you should be thinking, okay, maybe UBIT, right? I got that LLC, not the C-Corp. LLC, think of like a triangle, right? It's like a funnel. The income flows up to the IRA, and there's no blocker, there's no C-Corp. So the UBIT could be triggered. Now let's, if the private equity company, if the fund is investing in startups that are all pass-through entities, remember we got no blockers anywhere, we just got funnels. And all the income is going to funnel up eventually to my IRA, potentially trigger a 37% UBIT tax. But 
it's a private equity fund, it's a big fund, and it's going to invest in like bigger companies that are C-Corps, then we're okay. We don't have to worry about UBIT because even if the private equity is an LLC, underneath it, you're going to have boxes, C-Corps, you know, Domino's, Pizza Hut, Papa John's, whatever big companies, you're not going to have to worry about UBIT because the C-Corp box is going to block it. So you're good. But if you're investing in venture capital funds, a lot of venture capital funds, some of them will invest in startups. A lot of them try to make the startup C-Corps for these reasons. Uh, they don't want to deal with UBIT if they have pension investors. They also don't want to deal with losses that flow through to the fund, so they'd rather block those losses. And some people just feel comfortable with C-Corps. Hedge funds, if you're going to invest in a hedge fund, the big thing, I wouldn't worry so much about underlying investments like private equity into companies, because hedge funds generally don't invest into companies. It's more investment strategies. But for a hedge fund, you may want to worry about debt. A lot of hedge funds use margin, they use debt. Even if it's non-recourse, not personally guaranteed by all the investors, it's still debt in the fund. And let's say the fund raised 50 million bucks, they're going to borrow 20 million for their strategies. That can trigger UBIT, right? Because now you own a hedge fund. That's a, most hedge funds, 99.9% .9 of hedge funds are pass-throughs like LLCs or partnerships. And any of that loan or leverage used to make the investment strategies, any income and gains could be subject to the UBIT, okay? Yes, some foreigners will come in through a foreign blocker out of the Caymans or some other foreign jurisdiction. That's another way you may be able to go in. But if you're doing a 40, 50, $100,000 investment, you may not have the ability to go in through a form blocker. Yes, you could always set up your own C-Corp blocker if you do the math and that 21% is gonna be less than the 37% on the debt finance portion. You, that could work out and you may wanna just set up your own C-Corp in Delaware or some other state where there's no state income tax and just run your IRA through a C-Corp blocker. So if your IRA, C-Corp blocker, hedge fund, 21% tax versus 37. That could potentially work. How are you ever gonna know if there's UBIT? Great question. Sometimes you don't know. That's what happened with MLP, Master Limited Partnerships. Oil and gas MLPs were really hot back in like 2008, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13. A lot of people got stuck in, not stuck, they got pushed into MLPs, including their IRAs, because they were very high returns. And unfortunately, a lot of financial advisors never heard of UBIT. And what happened is these investors then woke up one day and received 1099s or withholding statements, uh, or even 990Ts saying, hey, guess what, you gotta, you have to, we file this 990T on your behalf, or sorry, we forgot to file this 990T on your behalf, you owe 37% tax on this income. Thank you very much, we paid it for you, but you owe it, or we didn't pay it, sorry for you, you gotta file it and pay it. And that didn't go uh, over very well with a lot of our investors. There was a lot of reports uh, in the media, Wall Street Journal, where big financial firms basically blatantly forgot to file these 990Ts, which is a tax form where you report and pay the UBTI tax. That didn't, uh, again, go over well with investors. Whether they owed it or they didn't owe it and they didn't pay the didn't file the return was a lot of problems, bad, bad uh, situation for a lot of financial firms. So just be careful if, if you're using your IRA or 401k to get into an MLP, an investment fund, private equity, venture capital, hedge funds. Think, ask these questions. A lot of times the uh, private placement or the prospectus will have this info. Do a quick find for UBTI, unrelated business tax income, uh, UDFI, unrelated debt finance income, UBIT, unrelated business income tax. Look for those keywords, 
ask the promoter, ask the general partner, will you be triggered at UBIT? Some funds have this information available and they'll let you know when you get your K-1 and they'll designate how much UBIT is owed. They'll even follow the 919 in some cases. Other times you're on your own. But smaller funds a lot of times don't even know what UBIT is and they don't provide that information to investors, especially if you're doing small real estate investment funds. You're basically on your own. Half the time you're not even gonna know if there's UBIT. So a lot of times this stuff just doesn't get reported. Um, the IRS does issue uh, audit numbers for 990T and they're tiny. There's a couple hundred a year. But technically you're on the hook for it if your IRA invests, again, in a fund that has leverage or a fund that invests in active trader businesses through pass-throughs, triangles, not boxes. You could be on the hook for it. There's a de minimis exception if you have less than $1,000 in a year. But if you make a good investment, you put 200, 300 grand in a private equity fund, a hedge fund, there's, mar- there's, there's leverage or there's income from pass-through businesses, you're probably gonna have more than $1,000 of annual net income. You may be on the hook for the 990T, ask the questions about UBIT, check it out for yourself in the private place memorandum, ask the promoter, because you don't wanna get fooled by this stuff. It could turn a very tax-efficient IRA or 401k investment into something that's very not tax-efficient. That's something that you may have been better off doing with personal non-retirement money. So just think about it, ask questions. Unfortunately, it's an education issue because most investors have never heard of this stuff. And really, why would you, right? It's not taught in school. I always give the example, I have college degree, I have a law degree, I have a master's in tax law. Not once they ever get, not one minute uh, educated about UBTI. I picked it up when I was a tax attorney in New York. So it's not your fault, but you're on the hook for it. If you use an IRA 401k or, and, and you make alternative asset investments or use leverage, um, or not even you, but if the fund you investment, invest in an active trader business through a pass-through entity or use his leverage for their investment strategy. So be aware, I would not want you getting stuck with a 37% tax on a huge home run. Uh, I've had clients with that situation where they invested in a private business, they turned 100 grand into a million, and then now they're stuck with 37% tax because no one told them about UBIT on the capital gains, which could have been 50% if they did it personally, or if there was a blocker way of reducing it to 21%. So, you know, that's what I'm, um, you know, kind of been focused on. Um, the good thing is ETS, mutual fund, closed end funds, stocks with your IRA. As long as there's no margin, you're not going to be subject to this UBIT. So for 95% of Americans, you're good. The 4 or 5% that invest in alternative assets, think twice, ask questions, ask us, ask me, talk to your accountant, your attorney, just ask about the application to UBTI because I would not want you getting nailed with a 37% tax on something that could have been tax-free. So Adam Bergman, uh, thanks for listening, watching, uh, subscribe to our channel. Uh, I do podcasts every week generally about topics relating to retirement accounts, investments, alternative assets, anything that's kind of current event and how it could potentially impact your retirement funds. Uh, Thanks for watching and listening and until next time.